So I'm basically just sitting there like, okay, I'm going to win the game as yeah. long as you let me untap. You have two cards in hand. I'm at four, so Cruxa doesn't kill me. Mm -hmm. What do we got? And then Bone Crusher targeting me. Oh. And I'm like, oh, no. no. Stomp targeting me. The other card is also stomp. <laughs> Total <laughs> stomp out. Stomp. Oh, yeah. man. Welcome, everyone, to episode three of the Arena Regulars podcast. Uh, I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we're the Arena Regulars. <laughs> <laughs> basically, we talk about magic, we drink beer. Um, that's Come join doing. us for yeah. a good time. So basically today, uh, the deck Jeff was just talking about, uh, we built something special for Halloween. We built a spooky-themed deck. It's all spooky cards all the scariest <laughs> cards we could find that's uh, i mean they kind of work together for the most part we tuned yeah. it up a little bit mm -hmm. um and uh so we'll talk about that uh kind of how it played out in the wild and then also we had an event this last weekend uh the league weekend we'll kind of recap a little bit and then talk about uh arena open that's coming up right. but before we do that jeff uh, what's on tap so today i brought bone shaker mm -hmm. and as you know halloween is coming up and bone shaker it is a beer by Amsterdam Brewery. It's an IPA, 7.1%. Very scary. Yeah. But the main thing is the art is a skeleton riding a bicycle on the front of the can. So I figured, hey, that's pretty Halloween-y. That's Halloween-y. Sure is. Um, I brought from Flying Monkeys their Paranormal Imperial Pumpkin Ale. It is a whopping 10% alcohol. Oh. I can already feel it. Coming on I thought strong. Thought my seven point one was scary. Yeah, I know ten is much scarier than <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, but it basically tastes like uh, pumpkins and pumpkin pie. It is quite delicious, but also uh, I think it's quite sneaky. Okay, it's sneaky and spooky. Right. I'm excited <laughs> to try it. Uh, we do have some magic news for uh, Arena this week. Uh, there's an F and M that was Momir, which is a favorite format for a lot of people. Basically. Yeah. Do you it know started how it on Magic Online. Oh, did it start on Magic Online? I think so. That's where I first heard of it. But basically. Your deck is all lands, and then you can play a land as a spell, and you just get a random spell of whatever converted mana cost. So if I tap five lands and I discard a, a land, now it'll just give me a random five drop from Arena. Yep. And you just try to win by... Randomness. Yeah, exactly. Getting the best random cards. It can be pretty interesting, though, because after you play it a few times, you'll start to see what comes up more often than not. Because they do right. kind of, it seems like they have a list. Anyway. You'll start to learn which CMCs aren't really worth discarding a card yeah. for because the variance is too high and which ones, you know, maybe all the five drops are just awesome. So you always do five, something like that. Yeah. And two for one is really important because you mm -hmm. can't really do a lot. Anyway. Right. Um, there was some bug issues. Uh, I didn't actually experience it myself, but I saw on Twitter. They had to shut it down uh, only within a few hours of it being on. Something Jeez. where like any card could be escaped or something is very confusing. Oh, that's um, a weird bug. Some weird stuff was going on with like some escape cards. So they had to shut it down. They changed it to the just play anything uh, thing. But we did have a festival. Uh, it was Cascade Singleton. Um, there were a bunch of like... Uh, card styles that you could win and cascade is just whenever you play a spell then you get a non-land spell off the top of your deck that costs one less cmc than the one you played right so most people were just playing um just ramp because when your ramp spell turns into a creature it's really good <laughs> isn't that basically just the cards they've been printing lately well i mean <laughs> yeah a little bit yeah. um also i was really excited about this but they brought old borderlands to arena yeah this is huge for me I've wanted just old border promos, even in paper, but on Arena, basically since I started playing. And yeah, let's start with lands. That's Absolutely. awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So I immediately just 
snapped up a, a few for myself. Yeah, um, I, I haven't bought, bought mine yet. Um, trying to save up my gems for the arena <laughs> open this weekend, like we'll talk uh, about later. But yeah, I definitely just kind of blew some straight away because I was like, I gotta play these. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how do you how... find? Can you distinguish between them? That's the main complaint I'm hearing. Is that sometimes it's hard to tell right away if it's a swamp or an island when it's on the. the I haven't field. had a hard time. Though I picked the first one, which has like the island is like a um, a clock tower kind of in this area. Mm-hmm. It seems to be fine. I haven't had a really big problem with it. Okay, that's the only sort of negativity I've seen surrounding these. At first, I was a little bit worried about it because um, they do kind of have like the brown borders on them. But no, it, it, I haven't had a problem. I haven't tapped lands incorrectly. so Not yet. Not well, yet. not for that reason. Yeah. Well, also Arena just like does it for me, so that's not the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, how'd your, how'd your week go in Arena? What were you doing? Uh, I had a great time. I was playing the spooky deck we're going to talk spooky about deck. in Standard a little bit. And I actually did some drafts. Mm. So got back on, on the drafting horse just nice. a little bit. Um, how about you? Yeah, I was drafting a lot of... Eldraine, just because I'm trying to get a bunch of those rares that I didn't get. Right. Um, and then, of course, the Spooky Deck and all the versions of it. Mm-hmm. But now let's talk about it. Spooky Deck. What's a Spooky Deck? Why did we do this? What's going on? <laughs> um, we Well, we wanted to do a, a deck tech of something. Mm-hmm. Um, and we thought, well, it's Halloween this week. Let's just build something kind of spooky for fun. Yeah, for fun. Yeah. Um, so... This deck isn't supposed to be sort of hyper-competitive. It's no. not the deck that we give you and you get to Mythic for the first time on it. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> it's also not supposed to be a budget deck, you know, where, yeah. because there's actually quite a few rares in here. There are quite a few rares, um, but just the spooky ones. But it is meant to be a functional deck. So it's meant to have enough lands and have a good enough curve and have a general game plan so mm-hmm. that you can actually play and conceivably win a game of yes. magic. You do have a game plan. You do try to do something, kind of one thing. And basically, um, I mean, Eerie Ultimatum is what we decided was the spookiest. Eerie. Ooh, eerie. Uh, so let me find that here. So Eerie Ultimatum is white, white, black, 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 green, green for a sorcery. Return any number of permanent cards with different names from your graveyard to the battlefield. So a lot of the deck is just kind of dump stuff in the yard and bring it back later. <laughs> right. And the stuff we're dumping in is all just the spookiest art that we could find. Exactly. And some of them, I mean, not great cards, but yeah. spooky. So before we get into the nitty gritty of the deck, mm-hmm. if you want to follow along at home, you can find this deck list on any of our social media pages, so Twitter or Instagram, or it's on MTG Goldfish. Uh, I assume they'll be able to find that link somewhere. In the... Yeah, and we're at Arena Regulars on all those platforms, if you can find us. Yeah, so why don't we just talk about some of our favorite inclusions in the deck. The deck's a whole lot of one and two of, so going through card by card would take too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes way too long. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are some cards you included in this bad boy? Well, first, well, we are thinking about spooky stuff. What are spooky things that are in Magic? Right. Um, obviously, uh, we decided to go Abzan because of Eerie. So we have uh, spooky things. So we have spiders. Right. We have snakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some zombies. Um, we have some worms. Uh, we Good. also decided, I think one of the most important ones that ended up coming a little bit later was um, Sir Conrad the Grim. Right. Because he looks like 
kind of like the headless horseman or like Sleepy Hollow. Right. Because he's on this horse that's like neighing and he's holding like a shrunken head thing that's glowing. It's really spooky. It has very much like you're going to see him in the woods when you're trick-or-treating kind of feel. Yeah, we got some sort of ghost type stuff. Anything that says spirit, right? Yeah, some Magic's spirits. version of a ghost. And that's how Ugin, the spirit dragon, made his way. Yeah, because he's a, he's a ghost. Yeah, he's a ghost dragon. A, that's pretty scary. That's very spooky. <laughs> I'd be like, well, first of all, it's a dragon. Yeah. And then it's a ghost dragon. That's yeah. super spooky. Uh, and Agadim's Awakening, I was thinking in this same vibe. Because it kind of shows like uh, some sort of crypt and all the ghosts from the from the Undercrypt are just breaking free all at once. Absolutely. I, I do think one of the first cards I thought about when we were doing this was Revenge of Ravens. Because I remember thinking how horrifying that card was <laughs> when I opened it at the pre-release. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. It's just a dude with blood coming. Like <laughs> He's holding his face and there's blood running down his face with just ravens all over the place. His eyes have been pecked out by yeah. ravens. I don't know what he did to those ravens to warrant this revenge. Probably but... nothing. I've seen the birds and it was absolutely <laughs> nothing. They just decided to be crazy and then eventually decided not to. So we have some awards to give out here. Oh, yes. So we had decided to award a spooky creature a spooky spell, a spooky enchantment, and even a spooky land. So we're just going to run through our favorite inclusions for you guys. Yeah, let, how about you start us off? Okay, so first is the spooky creature award. Uh, for me, this had to go, no question, to Skyclave Shade. But here I want the asterisk that we need the promo version. This is the promo Skyclave Shade. And you actually get this promo by doing the Cascade Singleton Festival that was right. happening this week. So if you did that, you have this promo. And it's just this total purple ghost in front of a moon thing. It's just perfect. It's like all like swirly and it is very, it just looks otherworldly. It's so strange, but like. Right. The art style just fits perfectly. The color palette, everything. Mm -hmm. Definitely something I want in front of my house, like scaring kids one day. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Some yeah. sort of uh, lawn, lawn's ghost, you know? Yeah. <laughs> a lawn ghost. <laughs> Um, then of course our, our spooky spell is eerie ultimatum cause it's eerie. Yeah. I mean, there was no real choice here. Yeah. How do you know? decks built around how spooky this card is. Yeah. And just look at it once again, purple. I think purple is just a spooky color. I'm thinking that too. A know? lot of people say it's like a Royal color, but I think it's just I'm starting to see that theme. That it's trend. It's in a lot of spooky. the art here. And for enchantment, I think we already kind of mentioned. We kind it. of covered this already, yeah. but revenge of Ravens, of right. course. And the land, I was actually thinking, you wrote this in the show notes, but mm -hmm. I was thinking the same thing. It just seems to have to go to Temple of Malady. Absolutely. I didn't really think about this until we were trying to put this together, but it does, like, normally I'm like, temples, not going to play them. Like, I don't even search them up. I'm like, I'm probably never going to play this. I don't right. really play decks that want to have them. I'm like, they're... All aggro. Yeah, I'm usually <laughs> much faster than that, so I'm like, I don't want to play this. But we had to put it in. Um, especially just the style that this deck wants to play. It needs it. And also, it's just super spooky. Yeah. What is that? Like, there's some sort of potion in this big bowl in the middle of this Colosseum thing. It looks like some sort of sacrifice is about to go down. Oh, here. yeah, absolutely. I also wanted to point out, there are a couple cards that I picked specifically because the animations were the spooky thing. Right. So, um, Fiend Artisan... Uh, that card, it's like this lizard nightmare guy. Oh, yeah. And when you play it, 
uh, he comes onto the field and he looks at you and he's holding a voodoo doll and he just rips the head off the doll. <laughs> Jeez. It's like this really weird. I don't know. I don't. I haven't. I don't think I played with this card before. And I was like, oh, that's kind of. Oh, spooky. I've played a lot with this card. <laughs> I played it. I was like, oh my god, yes, this is going that's in the deck. Go in. Absolutely. And the other one was Timoret, right? Yeah. So when when Timoret comes into play, you just have his face kind of screaming at you. That is and always it takes up the whole battlefield. It just it, that's always been just haunting, no matter what. So yeah, definitely Timoret was quickly on the list of cards that needed to be added. Yeah, and we should mention the sideboard here. This wasn't a sideboard designed for side traditional sideboard no, purposes. No, we weren't really using any of the cards <laughs> in the sideboard. This is really just a runner-up list. It's just uh, like, yeah, spooky cards that we couldn't fit in the actual deck, so they're just in the sideboard. And then the cards we mentioned that, you know, really exceeded our expectations of spookiness, they got a, a third, second or third copy added to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some extra As spook. a badge of honor. That's why Skyclave Shade has an extra copy in there. And Revenge of Ravens you'll find yep. in the sideboard as well. There's another one as well. Um, though I still think Deafening Silence is a white card. And so, of course, you're looking for spooky cards. White cards are not going to be that spooky. But there are a few Mostly besides black, just the spirits. Yeah. Most of them are going to be black. You have some green ones that are kind of Golgari stuff, but Deafening Silence is absolutely spooky. It's just like three dudes screaming with light coming out of their mouths. Yeah. it's And it's kind of like there's like almost blood on the wall in the background and their faces are purpley, so they could totally be dead. I don't know. And in a similar vein, peer into the abyss in the sideboard. God, that's... That is oh, creepy. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I always forget about that card, but it's just like someone's coming out of their own head through in, their mouth in every over and over the again. eyes and their eyes yeah. oh god that's it's a weird one all sweaty i think it's an elf it's an elf going through its own face and something eyes. really bad has happened i i they looked into the you abyss you do not want to be peering into the abyss. <laughs> no don't look into the abyss it's um it's gonna be really bad for you that might be what's happening to the guy in revenge of ravens actually right so he's that's the beginning of the peer into the abyss so it's now first. we have now we have the full story <laughs> yeah the full story so your eyes start to bleed and then you you open your mouth and your eyes and your head comes through all of those holes do not piss off these ravens <laughs> yeah, don't look into the abyss or the ravens will come and i guess the last notable sideboard card maybe because it's a bit of an oddball is hushbringer this card just unnerves me for some reason. The art, maybe it's the the lips and then the lips floating around her like a hula hoop. Yeah. I just think this, this card always made me it a It is strange. I was thinking about it because you had mentioned it and I hadn't really... I don't think it's that... I think it's really cool and I hadn't really think it, thought it was spooky. But the more you started... And you to, played it. Yeah, I, I, I play it all the time. So, <laughs> um, But the more you started to kind of talk about it, I was thinking maybe this is like... You know, vampires have that ability to like uh, seduce people, right. you know, and they kind of just like their faces just go uh, just dead and they're just like, I don't know, getting entranced with something. And I was thinking this could be what they're envisioning is this weird fairy thing with lips all lips around. Flying yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, I don't know what's happening. And then they get bitten. I mean, yeah, it does have a bit of that weird. <laughs> it's very unnerving, seductive. Yeah. You're in a dreamland. Yeah. It's not real life. Something like that. But anyway, those are, that's kind of the deck. That's why we built it. That's how it came about. Um, we had some earlier versions. Um, for a while, we had uh, just a single copy of Terror of the Peaks in there. Right. Because he terrorizes peaks. Yeah, it's, a it's a terror. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
and just like no way to, to actually cast it. No, no, no um, red sources. So, yeah, at all. so which I is, guess we have Lotus Cobra. So we, yeah, so technically, fabled passage. Yes, if you have a Lotus Cobra and you fable passage, you could get two red mana to play it. But most of the time, it's just in the graveyard is what you're hoping, and you just bring it out and kill somebody instantly. But we ended up taking it out just because it. I think the flavor didn't work as well, and also it just kept getting stuck in my hand. I right. <laughs> so I was like, get this out of here. I think Massacre Worm took that one. Yeah, so, so we, we played Massacre Worm instead, because it's, uh, well, it's a freaky, teethy... It's also pretty scary. It's a teethy worm. Um, but you know what? I, I had a lot of fun building this deck, working yeah. on it. Um, it was just a great time. So I would encourage anyone to just, you know, sometimes you don't have to build the best deck, just have fun building the Yeah. Decks. Also, it was pretty fun because I hadn't really built a deck with somebody else before. Right. So we got to just kind of keep sending deck lists back and forth to be like, oh, this, or maybe, oh, this card's really spooky, or or put this in, or take this out, or yeah, all that these was kinds fun. of things. So that was really enjoyable to me. And um, so go check it out. Uh, if you have the cards, I'd say build it, take it out, tell us if it works or not, or tell us how horrible it is, or non-spooky. I mean, yeah. <laughs> actually, I don't think it can be non-spooky, because that's literally the only thing we wanted to do, was make it spooky. But you know what? Maybe there are some spooky cards that we missed. That's true. Let so, us know. Yeah, tell us if we missed any spooky cards in our list. Um, please, that would be great, so we can make it better for next year, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> 2021 Well, I'm version. sure there are other themes that'll come out before then. So. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll see if there's any more cards to add to the spooky deck. I would not recommend recommend crafting any wild cards for this deck <laughs> yeah yeah don't craft it with the expectation of climbing the ladder absolutely not way. don't do that um but it's definitely fun to play um it's and it was a ton of fun to build so. absolutely i think it was more i mean it's more fun to build than it was to play but that's half the fun and magic is the deck building so. yeah absolutely I, I i think that's well that's true i i do think i've been slowly I envision myself always as like a deck builder. I guess when I was a kid or I was playing Magic, I was like, you know what? Building decks is what I really like to do. I think the older I got, the more I realized that I'm not extremely great at it. <laughs> and maybe I just like other people. I like more help. And this was a, a great way of being like, how do you, so how do you build a deck? Right. Yeah. How does this work? Because <laughs> um, you definitely helped out with the mana base quite a bit. Because um, mine was not the best. It was fine. It was, it was fine. Just, I think, too few That's lands for me. I like yeah. to play a lot of lands. J Jeff does like playing extra lands. If <laughs> yeah. he, like, if you take a deck list, what's the first thing you're going to do to it? Uh, cut a card and add a land. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So the modal double face cards are, like, your favorite. Oh, I love them. We're yeah. <laughs> at 28 lands in this deck. So. And I kind of wanted to go more, but we had to fit all the spooky stuff in. We needed all the spooky things, so. So that's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> but with that, um, Jeff, how's your beer doing? It's done. It's done. All right. I think we need a beer break. All right. Okay. What do I got here? You got something. Paranormal Imperial Pumpkin Ale. Yeah. 10%. Okay. Thank you, sir. Oh, you're very welcome. I, I love a bone shaker, so this is going to be just delightful. 7.1. I'm down for it. But the skeleton. Does the skeleton take on new meaning with Halloween around the corner? Uh, yes. I didn't really think about the skeleton mm -hmm. um, until you talked about it. So so there you go. I'm shaking my bones at you. <laughs> I, don't know. Well, I don't know. We're going to cut means. that out, right? Yeah. No, I'm keeping that <laughs> in for sure. Oh, this tastes like pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Like pumpkin, pumpkin pie. Yep. Pumpkin yep. pie for sure. Pumpkin pie. Just like it's like sweet. Something like cinnamony, kind of. Maybe some nutmeg. 
Yeah. You just need some whipped cream on that. I should have brought some whipped cream and just put some vodka whipped cream or something. In your beer. (laughs) Oh, that would have been great. Um, But anyway, what were we talking about? (laughs) So we built a spooky deck. Right, the spooky deck. But we didn't just build the deck. We played it. We sure did. So I guess first off, where where were you playing this deck? What format? I was playing so it. It's uh, a standard deck. Yeah, but... I was playing it on standard. I mainly did best of one because um, the sideboard was kind of a late addition. Yeah, to our, the our deck. sideboard wasn't well. It also wasn't really a sideboard, so yeah. I was mainly just like, yeah, best of one's fine. Yeah. Um, and I was just getting rolled by like aggro decks for sure. Right. Obviously, so... like if you see mountain 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 you're just like okay ember cleaves come in and there's right. I, I can't set up I, we I, have what two instant speed removal spells yeah uh so that was um obviously it was a, it's a little rough mm-hmm. but to be fair it never really felt like we didn't have a shot yeah i didn't have any games uh where i just felt like there was no chance of me winning yeah it never felt like i was just playing a bunch of bears and it was useless right so yeah, yeah. but definitely you know didn't win a lot didn't win a lot (laughs) i i think my most frustrating games were actually when i was playing against like yorion decks where they're playing uh skyclave apparitions and so instead of killing my creatures like a gruel deck would they're just like exiling them and i'm like okay well so that's not even in the yard and then i can't bring it back and so even if i can i i I think i played a couple games where i had eerie ultimatum in my hand and the only card i could reanimate was like a fabled passage and maybe like a Meyer triton and i was like this is yeah it was horrible so that was a really hard matchup for me i was like man if they just keep exiling exiling and yorion has lots of ways to exile constantly that's the entire plan for them so um so that was that was a bit rough Mm mm-hmm yeah, so I actually don't think I even ran into Yorian at all. Really? I, I was playing best of one mostly as well. Yeah. Uh, ranked. Because, uh, you know, why not? Why not tank my rank? <laughs> uh, I was ma- I was playing some play every, every oh, yeah. once in a while. I would kind of jump back and forth. But this, I... I think this deck isn't even the best one to take into the play cues because it ranks you against other opponents with similar rare accounts. It was weird. I played against, like, several Mythic accounts. And yeah. I'm only Platinum. So it was just like... Oh, yeah. rare counts, is right? What you meant. So we have a ton of rares in the because deck. the deck actually has a lot of oh, rares. <laughs> that so, makes sense. Why I kept playing all these mythic dudes <laughs> that were like in the actual like numbers, and I'm yeah, like, what? Jeez, oh, I was like, why is this happening? <laughs> why are they playing play? They don't want to yeah, risk they, their rank. I, I think they were just like testing out decks because they were pretty interesting. But it was also just like I'm getting rocked. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I brought. What I was really hoping is that maybe I'll play this deck and they'll see enough cards that they'll be like, oh, that was kind of cool what they were doing. Maybe I'll do what they maybe, were doing. Maybe they get scared, you know? Yeah, well, yeah. They, they mill an eerie ultimatum. <gasps> oh, my God. Man, what? It's terrifying. Actually, did... Revenge of Raven. <laughs> <laughs> I, I played a, a few... I played against a few rogue decks, um, which was, you know, interesting um, because the rogues are trying to mill you right um and you're also trying to mill you so then they're they're kind of helping you but also kind of hurting you um because they're getting more advantage of it sometimes um it was an interesting dynamic um i think you had more well yeah so i mean i've played a lot of self mill in my day i always Mm -hmm. love these green black graveyard decks so you always mill yourself out as as much as possible yeah and i've always loved playing against decks where their game plan is to mill you as well. Yeah. So you're both trying to turn your library over into your graveyard. And yeah. Let's see whose game plan works out first. Uh, I think in this case, though, the rogues have our... 
have our uh, number number on this. They got us. I managed to beat Rogues once. Nice. That was my goal. Okay, I'm going to play until I beat Rogues mm-hmm. one time. I did get them. It took a double Skyclave Shade start, <laughs> both in my opener. I just lay them out, turn two, turn three, yeah. and I just keep the beat down going, and they kind of had to start responding to it, and then after they don't have a counter spell up, I would resolve something huge. So, yeah. Uh, turns out Sir Conrad is great very good against rogues Sir conrad is really good against rogues because all they want to do is mill you and then you're just dealing damage straight to right face. so sir conrad's that card that uh basically its effect is that anytime a creature goes to a graveyard or leaves a graveyard or basically has anything to do with the graveyard yeah. dies goes anything. from the battlefield of the graveyard uh, the opponent takes a point of damage so yeah. the rogues are trying to mill your cards your deck over basically every time they hit a creature they take damage yeah Every so time like, they kill a creature, they take damage. And then you're playing cards that are milling yourselves, and they're taking damage. Right. Then you attack into them, and they block, and they still take damage. Right. Um, if they are, if they know what you're doing, and they see Sir Conrad on the stack or down, like they're going to kill it before anything happens. Right. But if they don't, then you get to have some fun. Yeah. Um, doesn't happen very often, but it is really I managed fun. to beat Rogues once, and I was happy with that. Yeah. But that's got to be a bad matchup. It, yeah, it's definitely a bad matchup. Um, I can't really think of uh, a good matchup in my <laughs> when I was uh, playing, but I do know that I I did have quite a bit of fun. I would hang in there for for quite a bit. Uh, there are a lot of people that are actually worried about the Mire Tritons, the Death Touch. Right, like you could just have one of those out, and they wouldn't attack you for quite a bit. Like it would really yeah, save bought your, you a lot of time, it, which was awesome. Or they'd use a removal spell on it. On it, yeah. And I'm like, great. Now sure. I get to play Sir Conrad. Boom. Or a Master Worm, boom, yeah. or whatever. Um, but I definitely spammed a lot of Rage stickers, <laughs> like the finger, the finger yeah. in the air one. Um, I've been, I used that so many times. Um, just, uh, I mean, I use it playfully. Right. Um, I hope people understand that. I don't know how to use the sticker yet. Well, soon we'll have our episode on arena etiquette. That, that's true. And so then everyone soon we'll will get know. to talk about that. But I do use it as like it's obvious that either I tapped my mana wrong. Or like, yeah. I, uh, you, I played a card and then you immediately killed it and then did something else that was bad. And I'm like, Rah! you know, yeah. that's what I'm trying to do. Right. Um, I hope they don't think that. Kind of like sure. an oops thing when you're making. Yeah, it's kind game. of like an oops or like, um, I'm trying to show them that I'm really mad, mm-hmm. which made them good. It's good for them. It's good for them. Yeah, I, yeah. That's what I'm kind of trying to get at right. instead of being like sneaky and mean. If they used it when it's clearly a time when I should be mad. Now I am mad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so I was definitely doing it like, you killed my thing. Rah, yeah. I'm so mad. Oh, no. No. Yeah, so that's what I usually do. Or as I, I try to hit it and then concede at the same time. So it's like, and then explosion. Oh, that's great. <laughs> um, that's great. They just have the sticker left there. <laughs> just st- stay in there. Pumping his, uh, I don't know, hedrons. <laughs> you guys can't see this, but Zach is pumping his I'm pu- fists I'm trying every sh- single yeah, time he describes I- the sticker. It's great. <laughs> I'm trying to show you what it is. It's. Um, I'm actually really excited for the rest of the stickers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm super on board with them. They're awesome. I don't have any yet. So Yeah, that's because you, well, whatever. <laughs> I didn't play the events you need to play to get them. I play the events. I have the mastery pass. I'm all in on these. Stickers. I wanted to play this one because I wanted that Skyclave Shade uh, and the Ruin Crab. I actually built two decks for it. Nice. I, I built one that I thought was gonna that was pseudo the spooky deck. 
I was oh, like, yeah. oh, maybe we'll play Singleton Spooky and see what happens. Oh, cool. And then I was just getting blown out by these ramp teamer ramp decks. So I was like, I'm building a, fuck, a teamer ramp deck. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. If you can't beat them, join them. Exactly. Because then you play, you know, Cultivate, and then you get to, you know, tutor a creature. And if you know your one drop is Ruin Crab, and you play a two drop, you're going to get Ruin Crab every single time. Mm. It was fantastic. That's that's how people figured out as, uh, Cascade was busted in the first place. All the modern decks. Mm-hmm. They just play stuff that has kind of fake mana costs, yeah. you know? Like, it doesn't really cost five, but the ma- converted mana cost is five, so you're never going to hit it with your Cascade spell. Exactly. Um, Adventure is a pretty good example of that, that. You can cast them all for two, but their CMC is three. Yeah, and actually because of that, um, there are a couple of Adventure cards that are banned from the Cascade Singleton, mm-hmm. which uh, Flaxen Intruder, because it's a one mana one one, or oh, a moment yeah, one two, yeah. but the adventure is like seven, seven or something. Mm-hmm. It's like five green green to make three bears, but that was banned. That makes sense. But then later, at first I was like, "That's weird," and right. then later I was like, "Oh yeah, I okay. get it. Yeah, yeah, I get it because you know, because if three, you cascade two, two bears, into it, you can two. cast the adventure. Yeah, because yeah. you can cast the adventure no matter what mana cost it is, um, which is also great for next time they play Cascade Singleton. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, but like you were saying, I never felt totally out of it. It, it was kind of always, oh man, I hope I can survive another turn because yeah. then I'm going to Eerie Ultimatum and that always felt sweet. Exactly. You know? Like, I love holding the Ultimatum in your hand and just waiting for the next land. You're just like, oh, I just need one oh, land. Man. Need one. Actually, it really needs to be a white source, too. Yeah, exactly. Just, Jeff didn't oh, put any white sources in this deck. Just, just so. a white source <laughs> or Fabled Passage. That'd be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually did play one game where my opponent had uh, played an Ugin, and they didn't. They only shot one of my creatures, and so I think I still had one left. Oh. And then I killed theirs with a Murderous Rider, and then on the subsequent turn, I played my Ugin, oh, nice. Hardcast, and then they killed it with something else, and it was like, this is a crazy game! <laughs> I had a similar one, but I was on the other end. Oh. I played... I had played Eerie Ultimatum, got all this stuff back, including Ugin to like, kill his last creature... And then, uh, so I pass the turn with all this stuff in play. My yeah. opponent top decks their own Ugin, <laughs> plays that Ugin, wipes away everything except my Ugin. But don't worry, my Ugin can kill his Ugin because yeah. it's below three loyalty like, now. <laughs> and so I drew a land or whatever. My opponent had one unknown card in hand. They draw a card. Turns out they had they just play the Great Henge and are able to tap that and play Questing Beast. Which is now a 5 5 because of the Great Henge, which attacks me to almost dead, but kills my Ugin. And then I'm just like, oh no, that was a good draw. That was a really good draw. <laughs> and they drew another card off it because it's. Yeah, because yeah. of course, man, Great Henge. But that just tells you how much mana they had because they hard cast oh. the Great Henge and then played the Questing That's Beast. That's true. Off it. Oh man. And Great Henge, it's hard 10? to get rid of with Ugin. It's really hard to get rid of. Yeah, Ugin. you need to minus nine. Yeah, it has to be like, you just want to ult by that point. And yeah. my Ugin was pretty close to ulting, but then this questing beast, I then had to kill my Ugin to kill the questing yeah. beast. Oh. Or to exile it. But uh, I was very close to winning that one. I felt like there was a couple of top decks <laughs> But that's away. the kind of swingy stuff that was fun. Like, there yeah. was some big stuff. Um, it's definitely fun uh, just, like, having things in your graveyard that, like, people are like, okay, that's great. And they're not even doing anything about it. Or I mean, like, I had had a couple cling to dusts that were coming in mm-hmm. just taking out the good stuff because maybe they saw an eerie ultimatum or something 
Yeah, and often they just kind of want to draw a card, so they... Yeah, they're like, whatever, I'll just get rid of Hit something. your Revenge of Ravens. I'm like, oh, no. no. Ah. How am I going to win now? Yeah. <laughs> I tried doing that a couple times with, like, warrior decks. I was like, turn four, Revenge of Ravens, go. And they're like... <laughs> they swing in Do they have an LOL Winota? emote? <laughs> yeah. They just, if only there was an LOL, right? Yeah. And they just play Winota, and they just, like, swing in, flip their deck over, kill me. Ember and Cleave like, would get you, too. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I gained some life, though. A little bit of life. That card was actually pretty good in draft. In, oh, it's really good in draft. draft yeah. um, that's almost why I think I had a, a good Eldraine draft where I had used it and Sir Conrad. I was like, both of these cards are going in this I book. I get deck. it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Eldraine does have that aesthetic that lends it does. Well I mean, like, this. obviously, there's the fairy tale and the spookiness. Mm-hmm. Um, so it played very well into what we it's were also trying to do. Full of busted cards. But... Yeah. Well, Adventure is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Really powerful. It's once again, just for everyone to remember, back when those cards were coming out, there were a lot of people that were saying that those don't look like magic cards. Right. And they shouldn't yeah, yeah. be there and whatever. That just happens all the time. Like, I gotta say, the Adventure alternate art cards, I think, are my favorite. But they, the new Landfall ones are giving them a run for their money. Really? Those, those frames look beautiful to me as well. But the adventure ones with the book on the I, two halves, I, I think is so I do awesome. think that I like the adventure ones more. Oh, that's hard. There's a couple. I think Skyclave Shade could be probably one of my favorite like alt arts that they've done. Yeah, it's really even nice. just, well, I mean, a lot of the season, and I've been really into spooky stuff this year. Like I've, <laughs> I was hitting Halloween movies like back in September. Like yeah, he's been excited for a while. For quite a while. Like this is really, I've had that pumpkin beer in my fridge for like three weeks waiting <laughs> for you to drink it today. So <laughs> I've been pretty excited about this. Um, but yeah, I, I still have to say like I kept every single alt art card from Eldraine that I got, all the commons, everything. Yeah. Hoping to get more like... They're beautiful. I think they're so beautiful. I, I, they, A plus, great job. And and the Godzilla um, thing in Ikoria wasn't really my cup of tea. The Godzilla thing was a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously it's the the cross platform thing. Theirs was kind of like the comic booky style, right? Right, yeah. which I thought was fine. Um, I like comic books. Um, I, I don't know. I I didn't have the same affection for it. I already find magic art a bit comic booky compared to what it was when I started playing. True. You know? So yes. it's almost like the modern frames are the comic book promos. Yeah, really. yeah. So so when they do comic book promos, it's like this is just pushing it so hard. Right. Yeah. I understand that there's a lot of uh, like money in the Asian market is kind of mm-hmm. that was a big push for the Godzilla stuff. Is making sure that you right because they did the promos in War of the Spark too. Right, and the War of the Spark one that was a big promos. the Japanese promos because finally they get all these Japanese artists that are absolutely fantastic getting able to do these wonderful pieces. Yeah, that um, was cool. which I think are super cool. Um, I was sad that they were they weren't um, in English as well. I kind of wanted that. Yeah, but I mean, I, it's super cool either way. Like. I'm glad that they did that. I hope they do it again, and then there are English ver- English versions so that I can have more access to them. Um, but if the, I mean, I like foreign cards, so whatever. Yeah. If they can be on Arena again, like awesome. <laughs> sure. I'm I mean, you just change thing. your language setting if you want foreign cards. 
<laughs> I just play in Japanese and be like, I don't even know what this is called. And I don't know what my like, opponent's playing. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't even know what. <laughs> I'm not winning though. <laughs> oh crap! I said attack all and not cancel. I don't. I can't even read anything. That's so funny. <laughs> but yeah, the landfall ones I think look great. I think they look really great. Um, so I'm, I think I'm just set to do all the festivals to get as many of the other ones as I possibly can. Yeah, I paid, spent a bit of gold on the Lotus Cobra one. I think that one's awesome. I, I also think, I haven't got that one yet, but I think because I got the Euro Lands, I'll probably hold off for a little bit. Sure. Um, also, because I'm hoping that a lot of them will come in the, the future like right festivals that they're doing. But anyway, back to the deck. The spooky deck. <laughs> yeah. Wow, these percentage, these <laughs> beers are really getting to me. This, uh, we could just spend all the whole episode in the weeds if you want. Obviously, <laughs> basically what we're doing yeah. is fine. Um, though, Jeff, you had a, quite a few ideas about like, what if we want to take the spooky deck and make it like better? Yeah. And so, less, less spooky, but better uh, mechanically. <laughs> right. I think we've made it clear to you that this deck is not the best. It's not something you should jump into yeah. ranked mode with. We've said that a couple and times. And expect to rank up. Yeah. I was trying not to do that as much as possible. Right. And um, yeah, I, I think that with some modifications, though. Yeah. I think the core plan of having a self mill deck that tries to use um, the ultimatum, Eerie Ultimatum, to win as a end game ending card is not that bad so the way i would make this deck more consistent you just need or sorry more competitive yeah. is to make it more consistent yes exactly so we need more of the self mill so up to four meyer tritons and timoret calls the dead i also think is one of the more powerful self mill cards yep. available to us right Definitely. now and so more self mill like that and more reanimation because if you don't draw your if you only play just the one reanimation spell. Absolutely. And to be fair, we had a couple copies of Agadim's Awakening, which is yes. also an, a reanimator. Yeah, which helps in a pinch. It's a little yeah. bit expensive, and you don't get as much stuff because it's only converted mana cost stuff and not names. But yeah, it can kind of tide you in the turn helps. five range or exactly. turn six range. You could get three uh, creatures back. So you're going to want more reanimation than just mm -hmm. the Eerie Ultimatum. And I'm thinking cards like more, maybe just play four Agadim's Awakenings because yeah. they're lands. So they're Might lands well. that double as reanimation spells. You could play the new Nyssa, mm -hmm. which is a planeswalker that helps pressure opposing planeswalkers and also reanimates things if they don't kill the Nyssa right away. Exactly. And makes creatures when you've lost your other ones with your lands. Right. Um, then you have Null Priest of Oblivions, another option for a reanimation yeah. card. We had put one in the sideboard just because it is quite spooky. <laughs> it is kind of. It has like yeah. a weird um, dominatrix thrill. kind yeah, of thing going on. Yeah, there's a there. Yeah, there's something, some chains and like some blindfolds kind of. It's kind of why I steer, steered clear of it. <laughs> I do like the card. It comes down as a two-one menace lifelink on turn two if that's what you need in or the late game. It reanimates something. Six mana comes down it's a body and it's a ma it's body. a massacre worm out of your graveyard Basically. plus a two one you know yeah which is pretty great and it gets any card right it, it doesn't have a uh any creature any well yeah sorry yeah. any creature, any creature which is great because then you can get something more expensive than it itself and you can get um 
I mean, my favorite thing is to try to get off-color stuff because I think that's really funny. Right. That was funny when we had the Terror of the Peaks. In yeah, there. put a Terror of the Peaks in there, and then you're like, wait, what? How did you get the Terror of Peaks? Then you're just hoping you're playing against Rakdos, so they make you discard it. Yeah. Every time you... You always draw that card. Yeah. It never works out where you mill that No, card, it's so. in your opening hand, you yeah. mulligan. It's in your next hand, yeah. you mulligan again, and then it's not in your hand. And then you draw it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On turn one. Yeah. Um... Um, but, and then the last reanimator spell I wanted to say that I think is competitive viable at least is Nethroi, Apex of Death. Yeah. So this is the creature that when it mutates, you get to bring back 10 power worth of stuff from creatures from your graveyard. Yeah, it's like a it's like a dinosaur cat thing. What, yeah, what it's it? a nightmare cat, I think. Nightmare cat. I think it has three creature types. I think they all have three creature this types. This actually could have been in the deck, right? It, it could have been. I was thinking about it... Um, but it didn't just it's kind of spooky it, it wasn't as scary as the stuff we put it's in, not I think. it's a cat nightmare beast is what it is it, but it um i mean it's got some ghost skulls around it it just it didn't really do it for me didn't also make the cut. it was kind of in the high end and really i wanted to make sure that our high end was eerie ultimatum and we're playing that for sure right. but those are um, some extra reanimation spells you can add and you to do this, you just replace some of the lower power level cards. So yeah, just take out the stuff that you. I mean, you would think to take out the steward. You know, the Adams family guy. In the yeah, <laughs> Liliana Stewart. He's got the the uh, candelabra and like the glass of wine. A very haunted house spooky guy. Had to be included. By yes, the... absolutely fantastic spooky art, but that... not really a, a constructed level card. <clears throat> yeah, that's not going to be on the pro tour or anything. All or... the spiders that we included. Maybe not the best. Aside from Chainweb, Arachnir does see some play to counter rogues in yeah, the sideboard. That one, but the other ones, yeah. And I hate to say it, but Re- Revenge of Ravens. You know, no, you you gotta you gotta cut Revenge of Ravens just because it doesn't do enough. Most of the time, if they're attacking with a bunch of creatures, it's because they're going to Embercleave, and there's no way that that's going to help. Yeah, but I think you could give turn this into a deck that you can rank up on the ladder with. You could, and it would definitely come out of nowhere, especially. If you're making it in a way that, like, you're kind of looking for a rogues matchup. Right. Um, And when we talk about rogues, we're talking about the Seth Manfield list, which is counters, rogues, and maybe a ruin crab or two. Uh, Some people have been adding those just because they like them a lot. For me, there's a a difference. There's kind of two lists now. Maybe we'll talk about that. Well, we'll talk about it now. We'll talk about it. Let's talk about it now. Well, we can talk about it now. There's kind of two lists. Uh, There's one that's Luris... Ruin crabs, and that yeah. I always th- see those going together. And the other one, rather than play Luris, prefers to play Shark Typhoon. Yeah. And those versions don't usually play Ruin Crab. Mm-hmm. So I think of it uh, from the most recent event. Uh, Reed Duke had this list with the Shark Typhoons, and then for yeah. example, Carlos Ramal had the version with Luris and uh, Ruin Crab. Ruin Crab. Yeah, we'll get to that event later. Um, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit. But basically, um, that idea of like beating that mill plan to their point, basically like trying to get to go off before they can kill you, right? And um, playing escape creatures and all these reanimator spells. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just powering up your reanimator spells. Yeah, so that's you, the idea. Um, the biggest thing I think with those matchups is like making like making sure you hit your land drops is pretty mm-hmm. can be hard because it just you start to lose a ton of lands at a certain point. Um, but then we have cards like uh, what is it, the Binding of the Titans, 
which obviously mills yourself, but you can either exile cards from your opponent's graveyard or your own. Right. So if you're getting close to eight cards, get rid of the lands that are in your graveyard. For sure. Um, or then return whatever you need. Um, those will kind of help with that. You know, I think I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to try to build I think you an honest uh, Abzan reanimator deck here. I'm going to use this shell. I'm going to turn it into... Perfect. I'm going to take our own advice here. Yeah. And I'm going to see if I can rank up on the ladder. So one. you do that. You build it. You yeah. send it to me. I'll okay. play it. All right, sure. <laughs> um, because, <laughs> yeah, I have a little bit uh, harder time finding the... Well, you're just better at building decks, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh well i still have so much of this beer i know we're break. supposed to go to the beer break i know but yeah, i but... well let's talk about the beers because we do have some time and i have maybe about oh, yeah maybe, we gotta i don't know maybe half of this me too man i gotta this chug a liquid pumpkin pie that happens to be 10 percent alcohol here. that's uh that doesn't sound too yeah. terrible though i think it sounds pretty good <laughs> right what okay so i've had bone shaker before i'm gonna rate I'm going to do my ratings. No, let's do Bone Shaker first. Let's okay. just do Bone Shaker. So, um, can. Just on the can. Um, once again, brown. Okay? We talked about brown last week. Yeah. I think I do like brown cans just because people don't really do it. They're just like not bold enough to do it. So, I really like the choice of the brown color. Uh, the gold skeleton is quite nice. Um, obviously, they do a bunch of cool stuff. 7.1% is no freaking joke. I'm yeah. I like this beer. Uh, I'm not a big IPA fan, but I will definitely drink this one. It is getting to me. It's kind of a staple in the Toronto IPA scene. Yeah, it's one of the first. Amsterdam was one of the sort of burgeoning uh, companies when craft the craft beer revolution was taking exactly. over. Exactly. So Bone Shaker is one of their big ones. Like they'll do a bunch of promos. You can get recently. They had um. You could buy like four Bone Shakers and a. And a, and a glass that was like a skull glass. Oh, cool. I didn't buy it because I have too many glasses in my right. apartment. Right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll probably drink many more of these. I'll still give it a platinum though because, you I'm know, right there with you. I think it's yeah. a platinum beer. Um, I, well, now it just feels like I'm just going to say platinum for most things. Well, uh, this one I think really fits the bill. I mean, this... Yeah. I love all that it's done for the beer community around here as yeah. one of the sort of first, excuse me, IPAs that really got popular. Yeah. But I just don't think it's the best IPA on the market. I I mean... And it also, I, I will say, it has very, like, definitely very piney taste. And I like that, but I know people that don't like that. That's the, interesting. The kind of woody flavor in yeah, the Yeah, to me it tastes like... It tastes like IPAs. I it tastes like <laughs> tastes it tastes like, like EPAs. It, it tastes like a lot of IPAs that I drink. I don't drink a ton of them because they taste like this. It's definitely solid. It's definitely gonna get the job done. Um, but boy, um, I try to steer away from them just because I know that I can't. Uh, I can't play all night drinking this thing, man. <laughs> I can't even do this drinking this thing. <laughs> yeah. But talking about having a hard time finishing a beer. Flying monkeys, they're paranormal. Yeah. How are you doing with that guy? It's too sweet for me, it's man. It's too sweet? Yeah, it's, it does taste like liquefied it, pumpkin it, pie. It, and I like pumpkin pie, don't get me wrong. So, but I want to ask, like, as far as, like, pumpkin ales go with you, first of all, how do you feel like pumpkin ales in general? Most of the ones I've had I don't love. I've had a few good ones that I, I really agree. appreciate. 
Um, I feel like I've drank a lot of them. I don't like pumpkin that much in general. Right. Um, though, this is the first one that I've been like, if I'm going to drink a pumpkin thing, it better taste like this. That's okay. in my mind. Right. Because you, you want to go all in on that. Like, I don't want something that's like, oh, this is a beer, but it kind of has like a weird thing. There's like a pumpkin thing. And this one doesn't really taste like a beer. It tastes like a dessert. But I don't know. <laughs> I, I have been surprised. I had many different ones trying to pick the one I was going to bring for today. And this is the one I decided. Okay. Of those other ones. Gotcha. I might have had five. And that was my favorite as far as like, well, it was my favorite as far as like this tastes like a pumpkin and um, (laughs) it's going to knock some people out. Yeah. (laughs) It's really. That's definitely true. Those are the two criteria I think that I had. I think they went a bit extreme on the spices. Like pumpkin pie really is what you get here. That's all. That's all you get. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. What's what's wrong with it? (laughs) I got to go gold on this. Whoa, you're going to get a gold? Yeah. Wow. That is like, I want to like it. Man. I get it. I get it. And gold isn't bad, you know? It's not that I dislike it. But So I do think I need to be a little bit harder on my beer rankings because I feel like so far I've been kind of nice. Well, um, I kind of feel like we maybe had the idea that bronze and silver being the lowest tiers would be kind of macro brews. Yeah, well, I feel like a bronze beer is like a bond. But th- we're never really going to bring one of those to the show. So we exactly. just kind of... I just want to list, too, uh, yeah, well, bronze beers. So a bronze beer is like a um, a dab. Have you, you yeah. know a dab? Yeah, yeah. It's a dab. It's like a tat, Tatra. Have you had that? It's got the I've dude with the sombrero on it. Okay. That is like, I have a really hard time even just drinking one. Like right. that's bronze to me. Where it's okay. like, that's a beer that I've bought that's like less than $3, which is awesome. But I need to like put like some lemon in it or something i have to right. doctor it up or it has to be your sixth one of the night so you know. <laughs> exactly so you have it in the back of the fridge and you're like i just need something right mm-hmm. this i think tastes great i really like the paranormal i'll probably keep buying it if they keep making more of it that's great i love that it's 10 percent because it's funny it, <laughs> uh, is it funny i don't know but I don't know. I'm. This is hard. It's hard knowing yours before I say mine because <laughs> I already came into it being like, "This is great." Um, this will knock you right out of diamond, is what I think it is. I think it's <laughs> diamond, but if you drink, if you this, drink before this before you before you get rank. to diamond, you are go. You're you're getting knocked down. Yeah. Like they don't even let you go down, but the they, you know this down, beer down will gold. make you go down. Yeah. Right? Like, this is the, you're in diamond, you drink it, you go to platinum, and then you go to gold. Like, that's how far down you're going to go, yeah. drinking that beer. <laughs> um, but I really think that they hit the flavors right. If yeah. you're going to do a pumpkin thing, I think, personally, I think that you should do it. Instead of, I mean, there's a bunch of other ones that are on the market that taste like you're biting a pumpkin, which I don't like. Um, or you're taking a sip of a beer and you're biting a pumpkin. Or does it taste like maybe they soaked some pumpkin in, in the, the beer, beer while it was fermenting? That's kind of what it tastes like. And I'm That's like, what a lot of them do. I know. <laughs> and I don't think it works. I don't know. Yeah. I like this one because maybe there's literally no pumpkin in it. 
but the things that they put in it make it taste like it. They're probably or at least is. pie. You know what I mean? I don't yeah. actually know what they do with this one, so maybe I'm talking kind of out of my ass with this. But I think that that's interesting where you're like, here's pumpkin pie spice and a beer, mm-hmm. and you're going to think about pumpkins, but there's no pumpkin in it. <laughs> you know? I think that is kind of how a lot of food is made. Um, the 10% is rough, though. It's a little bit rough. I can have probably one of those... And then, That's for when you already got to Mythic and you don't care anymore. I know, but I can't rate it Mythic because I... Yeah. That that was my dilemma. Like, I really wanted to say Mythic because I was like, you can reward yourself with this beer. Yeah. But I... <laughs> Number one, I've never been to Mythic, so I don't okay. know what that's like. Number two, um, I just... <laughs> I like it, but I really just like it in the fall. I will not drink it any other time. I think that it like after November hits, I probably won't ever. I won't buy it till next year, or I'll buy a bunch and save it till next year, or something sure. like that, uh, just in case they discontinue it, which I doubt they will. But anyway, that was a lot more beer talk than we usually do. That was but about it's because eight minutes. We, because we have so much. <laughs> we have so much more beer. So. I was talking so much that I didn't even drink the beer that I'm supposed to be drinking. Yeah, um, it's a self fulfilling cycle. We just spend two hours talking. About yeah, beer so in, basically, instead of going to a Halloween party this year because we can't really do that, mm-hmm. um, we're having our Halloween party right now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, boy, are we worried about what's going to happen with the rest of this? Yeah. Anyway, bottoms up. Let's just let's All go right. for it. All right, yeah. here we go. And uh, after see this, you after the beer break. Yeah, after the beer break. Here we go. All right, Zach, what'd you go with? I went with the paranormal. I am having a good night tonight. All right. I'm going 10% again. I really think... Uh, I just enjoy tasting this. I think it's good. That's great. I obviously went with the bone shaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we they could have guessed that based on our ratings. Yeah, that you pick your beer, I pick mine. Yeah. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> I did bring this thinking I was going to finally get you with something <laughs> like some weird pumpkin thing. Um, you got to go weirder. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep trying. Uh, you'll see what I bring next week. It's gonna be a weird. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> um, so this weekend we had an event. Right. It was the Zendikar League weekend uh, for the MPL and the Rivals leagues. Um, however, I have absolutely no idea what those mean. Right, that's a lot of terminology. It's ex- my way there. super confusing, and there have been a lot of like when I started playing Magic, there were different leagues. Everything mm-hmm. seemed there the GPS and PTQs and Pro Tours. Right, and everything seems all different that's now. in the past. Everything's yeah. in the past. Okay. All right. Well, let me help you out because I actually looked into this. That would be awesome. And I gotta say, it's. It's not necessarily that confusing if you mm-hmm. use like a standard sports reference. It's almost built like akin to modern day sports teams. Okay. Or leagues, sorry. So there are two leagues, okay? Mm-hmm. There's the Magic Pro League, commonly referred to as the MPL. That has 24 players and it's basically the upper echelon. It's the highest tier. Okay. So that's varsity basically. Yeah, or like the NFL, you know. Okay, if it's you the want NFL. To do football, oh, okay, okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And the Rivals League would then be it's kind of the next tier down. It's one tier down, but the players are still great, and that has 48 players. Got it. There's two kind of analogies we can go with here. American sports, so American football, for example. Uh, you could have the MPL being the NFL yeah. and rivals being like college. 
Yeah, probably college. Right. Definitely not the CFL. Yeah. <laughs> That's not even... Unless well, we'll, we'll get to that. Well, unless we're talking oh, about, like, the people that are in the Rivals uh, League are the ones who didn't get into the MPL, which would mean they would be the CFL, because that is most of the players in the CFL. Yeah. Right? That they didn't make the NFL. They didn't no, make the NFL. let's give the Rivals League players more credit. Okay, so they're college players. So yeah. they are aspiring <laughs> athletes and that do have promise yeah. to be in the NFL. They're very good point. players. Yes. Uh, but the other analogy you can go with is sort of European football. Okay. And neither analogy is perfect because we do have a playoff type thing, which tells you North American. Mm -hmm. But then there is relegation and ascension between the two leagues. So that would lead you towards the European system. Gotcha. So neither analogy is perfect, but uh, whichever you prefer. Cool. So the season is divided into three sections. And each section is called a split. So there's mm -hmm. the Zendikar Rising split, the Kaldheim split, and the Strixhaven split. So the okay. next three sets. That we're going to see, yeah. Yeah. And the Zendikar Rising and Kaldheim split should be kind of thought of as the regular season. Okay. And the Strixhaven split is kind of the playoffs. Gotcha. So okay. the Strixhaven split marks the end of the league. And I'll get more into why that's the playoffs later. But they behave a bit differently. Okay. Each split, though, has two main components. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the, you have your league weekends, which is just what just passed. Just this this weekend. And the first <clears> two, Zendikar <throat> Rising and Kaldheim, have two league weekends. Okay. And Strixhaven has three. And then there's a championship. Okay, and is is the championship the end of the league weekends, or is that no? The it's a separate thing? thing. It's the end of the split. So Zendikar Rising split has two league weekends. The one that just passed. Yeah. There's one in the second week of November, mm -hmm. and then in December, I think, is the championship. Gotcha. Before okay. call time comes out, and that split. Okay, so starts. each split has its own championship weekend. Right. Okay. Yep. And the the quote unquote league weekends for the first two, these are your regular season matches. Okay, so every weekend, the first weekend that just happened, mm -hmm. every player in the MPL plays twelve matches, and the rivals, and then next one will be eleven. Mm -hmm. So basically, they played the first half of their opponents in the MPL this weekend, yeah. and they're going to play the other half at the next Zendikar Rising League weekend. Okay. So after those two weekends. Every member in the MPL will have played every other member Got once. It. And that next one is like November 6th or something. I think November 7th, 8th, that weekend. Yeah, that yep. weekend. Gotcha. Okay. And every time, it's very simple in terms of standings, every win gets you one point. Oh, okay. So that's so. why they're, right now, all their winnings are like one number. It's not like a score. It's not like... Totally. I don't know, nine and two or whatever. Yeah. So this past weekend, Ray Sato went 11 and one. He's mm -hmm. in the lead in the MPL with 11 points. Got it. Okay. Right. Now the rivals players, same thing, but even after the Zendikar rising two league weekends, they'll have only played half the opponents because there's 48 opponents in, right. in that league. But it's the same thing. One point per win. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then we do that again in the call time, the two league weekends, so at the end of this, every MPL player has played every other one twice, and every Rivals player has played all the other Rivals once. Gotcha. Okay. And that's, that's kind of the regular season. Mm -hmm. You get one win for a match win, and one win for a, or zero points for a loss. Gotcha. 
And so the reason they're doing it this way is that last year they tried the play every week thing. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work. People weren't watching it. The players didn't like it. So they're kind of splitting it up. Okay, your league's, your season's going to happen in four weekends. You know, you play a quarter of your matches gotcha. each weekend. Is okay. kind of, so the league weekends for the first two splits yeah. are essentially your regular season matches. All right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Then you have these championships that occur at the end of each split. Right. So there's a Zendikar one, a Strixhaven one. Yeah. Yeah. And a Kaldheim one. And a Kaldheim one. And yeah, the, sorry, Kaldheim. The Zendikar and then... one and the Kaldheim one happen after the league weekends in the split. Gotcha. And they're just tournaments. So every MPL player makes it. Every Rivals player is qualified. And other people can qualify as well. Okay. Through winning different events. Oh, okay. And basically, the MPL and the Rivals players... They get points based on how well they do towards their their league standing. Mm-hmm. So if you get nine wins, I think you get a point. Ten wins is two points. Eleven wins three, and top eight is four. Okay. So this actually helps your league standing, but it's still just a big tournament with a lot of prize money on the line. Mm-hmm. Um, for and lots of people are invited to that. Okay. So it's kind of a mix, you know. All nice. the the rivals leagues player could play MPL players could play people in neither league. Interesting. Trying yeah. to get into those leagues. That's kind of like your pro tours from the past. It's Got a separate it. tournament, but for MPL players and rivals players, it does affect their leagues. All right. Then when we move to the third split, Strixhaven. Now the championship happens before the league weekends, but it's the same thing. It's still a tournament. Mm-hmm. You can get league points from it. Yeah. Okay. But then the league weekends are now kind of like your playoffs. So mm-hmm. you you're not just playing everybody now mm-hmm. you're playing based on seating in those league weekends okay and every weekend people get eliminated so from the first to the second some people will not have done not have ended well enough and will get eliminated mm-hmm. and so on so now we have three league weekends that are like your playoffs it's your pairings are based on seating and People get eliminated as you Got go it. along. Okay. All right. That makes sense. And that's why they happen after the championship because the yeah. championship determines your... It's like your last Order. chance to get your seating. Yeah. Where you want to sit and right. have your pairings for the next... Uh, for the playoff. For rounds. the playoffs. Right. Exactly. Kind of looking for your buys, quote unquote. Right. Where will you be seated against like the top against the... Exactly. Bottom? It's going to yeah. be power seated. Yep. And so it's basically just like... Just like pro sports, you have your regular season stuff, Mm -hmm. your playoffs, and your tournaments on the side. The only big difference is the side tournaments actually affect your league ranking. Gotcha. Okay. And all of this is you get a payout. So if you, they pay you out actually if you happen to be in the MPL or the Rivals League. At the end of each split, Mm -hmm. they pay out $50,000 split among the standings for each league. Okay. Uh, so there is incentive to do well in each split. Yeah. Right? If you're first at the end of the first split, you get whatever the $5,000. Whatever the 50000 is amounted to first place. Yeah. yeah. And then there's another 50000 paid out for the overall standing. Got it. Oh, that sounds great. Yeah. And then, you know, like I said, there's relegation and stuff. So the yeah. bottom MPL finishers will move down to rivals mm-hmm. the bottom rivals players will be schmucks like us the so-called challengers mm-hmm. who have to fight their way into these tournaments uh and then 
the rivals players who do really well move up to the MPL. Right. And then there's this whole other system that maybe we'll talk about another time about, uh, you know, how us challengers can enter the rivals. Sure. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. How we'll do that. more than just the top finishing rivals players can end up in the MPL and mm-hmm. stuff. That's right. called a brawl. I think they have a bunch of different brawl tournaments. What? Brawl? Like, are you playing Brawl? Or no. It's just called they're just Brawl? They're called Brawls, I believe. <laughs> That's a little confusing, but I... I oh, sorry, they're called Gauntlets. That's not Gauntlets. Called All right. Gauntlets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, do you want to play Brawl instead? Here you go. Yeah. No, yeah, Gauntlets. That makes sense. But basically, for the thing that just happened... Yes. It was uh, regular season matches. Yeah. And what was cool about that is that every match counts because mm-hmm. these people are trying to earn regular season points. They're just trying to, yeah, they're just trying to get points, and so then the next weekend they're going to get more points, right. and then there's a championship, and then there's more points that keep adding on for the, the yeah, next and they're worried about points. their final standings. Exactly. So in the event, you sometimes saw you know somebody is seven and two, and they're playing against somebody who's two and seven. Think, oh, that's weird, mm-hmm. but the match matters. So that was cool. Exactly. Every match mattered. Yeah, which actually, I, <laughs> I don't know if you saw, but I was watching Brad Nelson was playing against his roommate, uh, Brian... Um, Bron Duan. Yeah, Bron Duan. Mm-hmm. Um, so just to interject, all of the feature matches were like friends playing against each other, yeah. which I think was hilarious. It was yeah. pretty hilarious. And especially this one. Yeah. So the, uh, it was uh, Brad and BBD, mm-hmm. what they call him. Yeah. Um, so basically, um, BBD was playing a uh, Azorius Yorion deck, and Brad was playing Gruul Adventures, basically. And first game uh, basically goes straight to to uh, Brian. He had everything he needed. Went through it. Oh wow! You know? When and you it, said it, straight it, too, I was expecting easy win for Gruel, but no, I, I think I really think that Yorion is much better against the Gruel deck. If you don't get a, if a fast start with like brush fire elementals and stuff, you're if you don't cleave them, you're you're on a bad spot. Right. I think the brush fire elemental might be the most important part of that right. because you have to hit early. To get them low enough that a cleave will kill them. Right. Where if you don't Because that's have, their weakness. They yes. have all sorcery speed stuff. Yeah. So if you don't have that, you won't be able to cleave them to kill them. You'll cleave them to two, and then they'll be able to build it back up. Kind of. So basically, um, Brad Nelson loses. Brian beats him. Second game. Uh, it's kind of a back and forth, but it's fairly clear that even if Brad cleaves in, he's going to lose. Like, he has one in hand. It's not going well. But luckily, they both live in the same house. And so uh, Brad stops. He looks away for a while from the screen. And they're like, I don't know. Marshall's talking like, I don't know what's going on. And, and Brad writes on a piece of paper. And he puts it up to the screen. And it says, I, uh, I have no outs, but I have an idea, basically. And then he leaves his chair. And he runs, I'm assuming downstairs or something. And the next time you see Wherever him, Brian lives in he's in Brian's space, uh. jumping on his mouse, trying to make him concede. <laughs> and he goes and he gets up and he clicks the button to make him concede. And Brian fights him off. Uh, and then he gives funny. him the handshake in person in Brian's camera. And Brian shakes his hand. And they, uh, and they Oh, that's the hilarious. Match. It was actually really, really funny. Um, and I did love that it was this such a goofy kind of thing for right. kind of an you know you normally you'd think of a really intense tournament you know these are pro there are stakes on the line, yeah. there are big stakes especially because at the time I think 
uh, Brad had seven wins and Brian had two. So okay. Brian really needed this win. His third win. Yeah. You know, his third win to set him up so that uh, when he goes to the next league weekend, he can really, if he goes off, he could really be in the spot he needed to be. Right. But it was just a really nice, fun kind of, you get to see their friendship. And it was just really fun. Yeah, I think Pro Magic needs a bit more of that. So it's nice yeah, to see that coming. Because, you know, everyone can be really stoic. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was quite funny. It was uh, like all over Twitter. Um, and yeah, that's great. <laughs> just know your outs. You know, if you got an out, if you can force your opponent to concede. Just, what's like, your percentage at wrestling, <laughs> Brian? You know? Yeah, <laughs> basically. Like, what do you think? Um, it was pretty funny. Um, and I really enjoyed it just as a spectator because, you, you know, anything you can get is just so fun. Um, yeah i actually had a lot of fun watching the event i I ended up watching more than of it than i thought oh yeah would have so um yeah i watched most of the mpl matches Mm. nice i had seen a few um but i think i went back to watch that one just because i wanted to see what happened but um Um, i really enjoyed also just seeing reed duke play against uh william huey jensen oh that was a rogues mirror match and there's a point where uh, essentially Reed Duke has two counterspells in hand and he could fight in a counterspell war over the Shark Typhoon yeah. that William had put on the stack. And so he counters it. William counters back with a Drown in the Lock. And if Reed Duke plays his Negate, he's probably going to lose that game because William has another Drown in the Lock. Instead, he decides to... Um, play flashback his own uh the card that exiles uh cling cling to to dust dust. yeah thanks he flashes back his own cling to dust targeting a card in his own graveyard which puts him at exactly too few cards in his graveyard for drown in the lock so the drown in the lock fizzles and because huey's other card is drown in the lock the shark typhoon gets countered and and the Counterspell in Huey's hand is now useless, and Reed untaps and plays his own shark type. <laughs> and I was like, I would have snapped off that negate and lost this game. For sure. For sure, I would have snapped that off the negate. Is crazy. Just a great, great play. And uh, the whole match was filled with moments like that, just between two great players. Reed Duke yeah. managed to, to get the W, but. Not only great players, but great friends as well. Yeah, they exactly. have been working together for years. They were on the same exact deck list. I think Huey maybe played one Brazen Borrow on the sideboard that Reed didn't play. Yeah. But but essentially... The same deck. 74 of the same cards. But they've been working together for so long that that's great. I did hear that actually uh, in the pre-tournament like um, talk, uh, Reed Duke was saying that William Huey Jensen was actually the only person he didn't want to play against. Mm -hmm. um, And he ended up having to play against him in the first round. Yeah. that's, that's. I don't think it was the first round. Oh, but that was just the feature. Oh, sorry, match. the feature match. Yeah, uh, yeah. my mistake. But uh, they're gonna have to play everyone in the NPL. Yeah, exactly. So, um, um, but it, making sure everyone gets to see it is and, also. And then you know, not to do Huey an injustice here, he yeah. had a great game against Autumn Burchett. Oh my played. god. That was a game that I think I would have lost 10 different times if I, I so was in Huey's seat. I, I ended up, um, it just seems to happen every time I just like go online to just like watch. Like Autumn's playing, which is just a gift to me because yeah. I love watching Big Autumn fan. play so much because I'm a huge fan of Autumn's. Um, I was like, all right, 
William Huey Jensen against Adam Burchett. This is going to be great. I'm going to sit right. down. It was game three. I hadn't seen the rest of it, but I knew that this was for the match. Sat down and watched the whole thing. Holy crap. How what many times game? were you sure that Autumn was going to win that? I thought Autumn was going to win immediately. I was like, this is over. Yeah. Like, there's no way. I was like, sorry, William. Like, you're done. Like, like, even though I could see both hands, I was still unsure of what Huey's correct decision was. But yeah. he seemed sure he made the right play every turn. It was for like five turns in a row until he won the game. It was insane. Also, yeah. big to note, hey, um, Remember when we said that uh, Shark Typhoon yeah. doesn't need to be like hard casted? No, you, we edited that out, right? No, 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 no. no. no we, we kept, kept it in. It? We yeah. kept it. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Well, it seemed to be the theme of the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> everyone was hard casting Shark Typhoons and then playing non-creature spells to make so many sharks to win the game. It just was what was happening all over the place. Yeah. Not only is that how William Huey Jensen won that match because he landed a Shark Typhoon on the battlefield. But LSV did it. Like, there were so many yeah, people. the match were, I described between Reed and Huey was all was about resolving a Shark Typhoon. All about Shark Typhoon yeah. getting on the battlefield as a hard cast. So... Might have uh, been a bit wrong. We uh, No, I wouldn't say wrong. I would <laughs> say um, that card is really good, like we said. Um, and... Uh, it works in two different ways. You know what, Zach? I have a way to save us. We oh. were talking about historic. That's true. We were. Yeah. We, so, so we were talking I about. I still historic. haven't seen it in historic. Yeah. So it doesn't but... happen in historic. So yeah. it's just standard. <laughs> yeah. That's. But no. Um. Still craft them. They're great. Mm -hmm. Um. And they really uh, showed up this weekend. It was crazy. Uh, one big thing to note, though. Um. All of these players were building decks specifically for the other people in their league. Right. Or in, or who they were fighting against. Yeah, it's, right? there's only 24 players in yes. the event. So, so the meta is a, a lot smaller, and they knew that building their decks. They know who they're playing they're against. New, they know who they're playing against, right? So they're these basically what I'm trying to say is like these decks are not what you want to take immediately straight to the ladder. Like At don't, least not necessarily. Not necessarily. Yeah. Don't take Reed's Rogue's deck and be like, this is going to win on the ladder because he was great or whatever. Like these were specifically tuned for the tournament they were playing. Mm -hmm. um, so just know that there's nothing wrong with going ahead and being like, I'm going to take this deck. It's going to be great. Just think, think but, about it a little bit. But what you can do is look at the results yeah. and most people will kind of, Oh, this deck did well. I'm going to take it and do that. So you can kind of infer what you might see on exactly. the ladder. Yeah. So maybe you'll be like, oh, well, this deck hit the top. I will, uh, like Gruel Adventures, right? So Gruel Adventures are at the top. Mm -hmm. Then you'll be like, okay, maybe I'll see some more Gruel Adventures. So I'll play a deck that will counter that a little bit. Um, right. Though that's what you can kind of see. Like maybe they didn't watch and know that that's not the deck to be playing right now. Right. And you can know, hey... I should play a deck that's going to hurt that one a bit more. And maybe that Yorion, like Azorius list, is the one to do it. And I guess in that vein, it's worth mentioning that uh, the second place MPL member, so the person who did second best, mm -hmm. is uh, Paolo Vitor Damo de Rosa, PVDDR, and he played Rakdos midrange. That deck that's is That's a deck rough. I thought that was... I thought it was dead. Like, no. I hadn't seen it in weeks leading up I've to the I've been event. seeing it, played it all over the place in best of one. It's, it's a best of one deck in my mind, and I've been getting wrecked by it. Well, it 
he played and he went nine and three. I think, so I would expect to see a resurgence of this I, deck. I really think there's going to be more. Um, Part of the thing is it's very good against rogues, and a lot of people brought rogues. There, it was the most dominant deck. It was like 33% or something. Yeah. It was, there was a lot of rogues. Um, so he, because it's just playing all the best escape creatures with Kroxa and Oxavagonus. Yeah. So it's really punishing the rogues players. Um, and it's also PV, so... He's just one of the best players yeah. of all time, so Absolutely. he managed to go 9-3. Yeah, so like, what are you going to do? Like, <laughs> yeah. But uh, his, his success with that deck, I would expect to see a lot more people playing that on the ladder. Yeah, 100%. Um, overall, I thought it was like so much fun to watch. Um, I I was just obviously kind of doing what I always do with these tournaments. I, I'm dipping in and out throughout the day. Right. Um, of course, I'm watching like... Other, like Sunday's hard because I'm watching football and different things. Yeah. Um, but it, like before the Broncos game and after the Broncos game, I was watching. <laughs> um, actually, and some in the middle because whew, the Broncos were terrible this week. Well, the Bills were playing the Jets, so yeah. I, was, <laughs> so I were, was free to watch. <laughs> you were like, whatever, it doesn't even matter. The, Bills no, the game was tighter win. than I hoped it was going to yeah. be. I didn't, but I didn't watch. I just saw even after fun. them trading Le'Veon Bell to the Chiefs, which yeah, which is re- playing anyways, the Broncos. Whatever. Anyways, uh, that's more football talk. Off topic. But yeah, so I got to see a few games. It was really nice. Um, I love being able to watch it so easily. It seems like um, broadcasting is doing a lot better. But the cool thing about the league weekends too is every player playing in it is streaming. Yeah, so their it, matches. You can watch your favorite players. Right. Like if I just want to watch Autumn Burchett, which I kind of do. Yeah, I can just go to their stream and just watch. Oh, they have them a great stream. Yeah. if you've never checked it out. So, um, but you can even do the hybrid thing. I can I can watch the mainstream, which is all like friend grudge matches. Which yeah, it's cool. And then I see, oh wow, Autumn's you know seven and two. I'm gonna tune into that stream mm-hmm. or whatever. Oh. So it's really. Really nice. I'm and excited. all the Rivals players are streaming as well. So. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And I, I'm excited for the next one. Uh, get to be able to see a lot more um, and and do it more justice. Right. And um, hopefully now everyone you know knows what they are. Because I think the problem was just that it was kind of hard to find that information. It, it is At least hard. For me, I had to do because this was the first one, right? Yeah. Like this is the first time we're doing this format, mm-hmm. and it is kind of confusing. And that's why what we wanted to explain it to you a little bit. Um, while we go into another thing that's happening, there right. are so many tournaments all the time. If you're not involved in them, you can totally get involved. Like right. remember, this weekend, remember we said challengers, you know, yeah, scrubs like us could we are participate scrubs. in these championship events. Yeah, that's what Beyonce said. We're scrubs. <laughs> How do we do it? Well, there's a tournament coming out on MTG Arena. Yeah, it's the Arena Open. Um, it's open to everyone. Uh, November 1st, I'm pretty sure. Nope, starts on the 31st at 8 a.m. Wait, so, day one is Saturday. Yes, but you can start it on the 31st. Oh, I see. Okay. Which is Saturday. No, the Saturday is the 31st. I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah we're, we're 100% correct with that. Um, <laughs> uh, so the entry fee... the math. It, uh, it, the entry fee... Yeah. It is 20,000 gold or 4,000 gems. You can do best of one or best of three depending on what you care about the most. Um, what you think is going to give you the best chance. Yes. What's going to give you the best chance? I would probably say, so day one, you can choose best of one or best of three. Day two is all best of three. So probably do best of three. Like that's what I'd probably say. I'm, I haven't done one of these before, but that would be my first inclination is like just... 
get your deck and play best of three and then go to the next day and play best of three, right? Yeah. I, I believe that personally I'm better at best of three um, than best of one. And I am better at watching from home, <laughs> honestly. <laughs> but you have to remember that in best of three, it means two out of the three games are sideboard games. So you, it's whether or not you believe in your ability to sideboard. Yes, if, okay. if you know that your sideboard is going to be good or not. Um, so in best of one, you have to get seven wins to qualify for day two. And best of three, you have to get four wins to qualify for day two. So that's uh, seven wins and three losses or four wins and one loss. Right. If you lose a single match in the best of three one, you're out. Yeah. Uh, so that can be kind of intense. Um, but when you go to day two, like it's not going to get any easier. So might as well try get the hard one. The, the thing about this event is that you can enter as many times as you want. Right. Which Wizards got a lot of flack for at first. And we probably should mention, you know, if you're the type of person to... Oh, you get unlucky and you just get eliminated. Oh, that's okay. I'll just buy the $100 bundle and I'll enter again. It's probably best if you set some sort of, I'm only going to enter twice. This is a thing. Yeah, this is going to to be casino rules, I would say, where you know I'm going in with this number. And if I hit this number, I'm done and I'm walking away. Like you have to. For example, I have 4,000 gems on my account. That gives me two entries. Or sorry, I have eight. I have two entries worth of gems. So yes, I have eight thousand gems. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, eight thousand gems. Uh, so I can enter twice, and if that's it, you know, I'm not buying more gems to enter this. To event. enter this thing, um, because uh, the payout will be uh, quite nice. It's actually in dollar value. Um, you'll get like two thousand dollars if you are winning day two and things like that. That's if you get to seven wins on day two. Yeah. It, which is. Um, Great, but also, hey, like... But but honestly, I've played in, in this before. Mm-hmm. Um, I played in... The last one was Historic, and I it was at a time when I wasn't quite into Historic yet, so I didn't play in that. Mm-hmm. But the one before that was a standard one. I think that might have been the first one they did. Yeah. And it was a lot of fun. Um, I built this Esper deck. This was when, uh, if you remember, the Luca Yorion deck oh. was at the height of its power it was the most popular deck by far Mm -hmm. and i just built this esper control deck you know we we still had access to to fairy uh, time Mm -hmm. raveler at that point and so uh i joined this event i said hey i think esper is pretty good right now and nobody's playing it let me jump in and at that point you could only play best of one they didn't have an option right for day one best of three Mm mm-hmm and uh, I spiked it. I just went 7-0 and on my first jump in. Wow. I totally did not expect that at all. I was like, wow, maybe this deck is awesome. Jumped in the next day, 0 2 <laughs> and out on day two. So my, my uh, hubris got brought back down to mortal level. Punch you right in I the face. I realized I just got lucky on the 7-0. Yeah. But uh, I just think it's really cool to just have an event that you're playing for something. We should also mention that if you do well on day two, you qualify for this championship we were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's just really cool to just have an arena tournament you can play. And yeah. it's arena style first to this many wins or this many losses, whichever yeah. happens So you're first. used to that if you're playing draft. Yeah. Um, then you you like that already. Also, you do get an entry reward of a bunch of card styles of different rare cards or mythic rare cards that you like probably already. Um, so that might be worth it to you as well. Um, I would you... say if you're having a great time playing standard on the ladder and 
you have, you know, expendable gems to at least try one entry into this tournament. Or even gold. Gets... Like, if you've been saving for gold for something, this yeah, is probably... Yeah, if you have the 20,000 gold. If yeah. you have 20,000 gold, um, I... I'm very jealous of you. And we talked about gold to gem conversions last week. This is a good one. This is a really good one. Um, you get some great card styles. You get a good time and maybe even actual money if yeah. you are in the elite. Um, so, yeah, I would say uh, think about it. Um, we'll definitely be talking about next week and what happens with it. I know I'm going to play in it so I can tell you all of my bad beats that are the reasons I didn't get the $2,000. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, but with that, I will say that this is, uh, we're, we're coming to an end. So uh, what is on deck? Our last thoughts are, um, you can reach us at Arena Regulars on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, you can also look for us on Arena. You might face against us. Our username is Arena Regulars Podcast, but beware our deck might scare you yeah it might be a little bit spooky for you um uh, uh, look at our uh, spooky deck uh podcast or sorry our spooky deck list on Mm -hmm. uh our different platforms and tell us if you find something spookier than what we had uh said originally also hello to our one listener hey we're thinking about you buddy yeah thanks so much thanks for listening (laughs) good night All right, that's fine.